great God. And I think the bride of Christ could praise him. They don't need to be told to do it. This is the house of praise and worship. You can't do it on the job, most of you. You've got workers beside you and around you. This is the house of the Lord. This is where we can lift up our voices. We've heard about the essence of our future home. I believe it. that future home is coming down. The bride is going up. We're getting ready to leave. Then there's a group of people that can praise him tonight. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift up our voices together, united as one, Lord, knowing you're the mighty God. You are everlasting to everlasting. You know our needs, Lord, and you know our burdens that are many. Lord, we cast them at your feet, for you care for us tonight. And we need you, Lord, to intercede on many of our behalfs tonight. Lord, we got a request. My son Joel, Lord, he had a boss that just lost a wife. We pray, God, that you will be his comforter tonight, that you will move on his behalf, that you will deal with his heart, Lord, that he can truly see he saw Jesus Christ in a son of the living God. Many needs, Lord, but you're the one that can meet every need in divine presence. So, Father, in this atmosphere, may you be glorified and magnified. Jesus, we commit it all to you in the precious name, above all names, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm casting all my cares on him. So I'm casting all my cares on believe it and I'm wrapping myself in it I don't know if you noticed when we were praying tonight we prayed for Joel one of Joel's bosses um, Joel sent a text he lost his wife just lost his wife 60 years old 
Was it last year's son that he lost his son also? Yeah, last year lost his son, just lost his wife. He had the opportunity, Joel had the pleasure of, of actually being mentored by him at his job site. And you wonder why God puts these things together. And we're just praying that he would recognize the God that was in Joel is the God that he needs now. And if any man needs it now, Jack needs it now. His name's Jack. And if we could just remember Jack, I would want somebody to be remembering me at that time. And I'm not knowing Christ. So, son, you be sure to make him know that we have a church that's praying for him. Amen. We got a camp coming up, and Michael let me know that we have a deadline on Thursday. Fifty percent have not been registered. So I just said they can come to the evening services. You say, Brother Tom, you're just cutting it right down the line. Well, that's what we have camp for. You're adults. Adults need, you know, if you don't sign up for courses, you don't get them at university. If you don't sign up for camp, you don't go. So there's people that need to work behind the scenes. They're working hard. It's to do with the food ordering and so forth. So Thursday's the cutoff. And if you don't make it, we'll see you on Thursday night. Brother Aaron McGarry will be preaching. And I believe we're going to have a tremendous time. He's excited about it. I'm excited about it. He's bringing his whole family. Dallas might not get him back. Dallas might not get him back. He's bringing the whole family. That's dangerous. But we're looking forward for a wonderful time. You enjoyed the message this morning? Amen. Amen. I did too. It's deeper than actually I think most of us maybe understood. And uh, it's always good maybe to mull it over in your mind and then go back in a day or two and, and, and listen to it again and drink from it because there's a lot there. And um, the part that a lot of parts that I was picking up is, you know, there's many things that a prophet can say. We're not understanding what he's saying. We think we do, but it's in a different language. So, Lord, just give me that heavenly language interpretation of what that message is about. God bless you for showing up on this snowy, wonderful February Sunday evening service. Like one of the grandkids said coming home or coming to church, this is my home. They said, we know who the real believers are, don't we? (laughs) Shh, don't tell anybody that. (laughs) No, we understand. (laughs) We understand. If I had summer tires on my car, I wouldn't be here either. So the roads are treacherous. We don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. So we're just, by the grace of God, we're going to preach a point across. Just drink in, pull on the Word of God. And then when you go home, drive carefully, please, that that the angels be dispatched, that you'll be protected along the roadway. Amen. We've come to the house of God to worship the true and living God. We don't believe in form or formality. We believe that we meet with God every time we come to church. And we've asked him, we've prayed already, Lord Jesus, would you just come and remove the man? The man is nothing. The man's nothing. You're everything. And so we're just looking to him this evening to speak to us. It might be a little personal, and that that's good. That's real good, because then it gets down to everybody's own personal address. And a lot of times we can preach on a subject, and it just sort of goes over to everybody and everybody's wondering who that's all about who's that for well you can just say it's me Amen. it's me oh lord Amen. standing in the need of prayer Amen. and so we're just going to turn to the word at this time i'd like you to turn to romans chapter 2 
Romans chapter 2. Of course, over the years, I, I, you know, I look over through my Bible, and it's highlighted and, and marked, and most of, some of you do mark your Bibles, some don't, that's fine. But you've touched on it, and you've spoken on certain subjects, and put some post notes beside it, and then you wonder, what on earth did I put that there for? What did that mean? And, and now you're, because now you're putting another post-it note there, and, and, uh, I gotta start, stop putting notes beside these things because I don't want, uh, they're Greek. And, uh, and, but the, I'm so happy that the word's real. It's not something, oh yeah, I read that, of course, that note means that. I'm, I'm happy that it's real. So looking at Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, Whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things? And doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. Of course, you could take a look at that last part of verse 4, which I have highlighted here on my page. It is the goodness of God that leadeth to repentance. Period. It is the grace of God. It is the goodness of God that leads a man or a woman to repentance. So I'd like you to keep that in your mind as we look now to the word. And as I said this morning, you pull hard and I'll preach fast. All right. And then by the grace of God, we'll just see what the Lord has in mind. I think this is very important what subject that we're looking at. So we're just going to start on a little bit of a highlight in this service and continue over the next few services. But when we start to uh, look at or start judging or start um, complaining or start putting people in boxes... It gets very, very dangerous because this scripture is still scripture. And maybe you haven't read it in a long time, but it's still laying in the Bible. And so then it doesn't matter what you think or how, what you would prejudge somebody by. The, the problem of the matter is how you judge that person. You yourself are going to be judged. And so I'd be careful to judge anybody. It, any, it all falls down and Paul starts to relate it down. It's the goodness of God that calls a man to repentance. So just as Brother Branham taught us, he said, pray for another. Pray for another. We're at a, we're at a dangerous, dangerous time. And as I see different weddings, of course, and different people come to these weddings, we have past, present, and hopefully future people. 
But sometimes a lot of the past is shocking to see that they can feel so comfortable coming in to the presence of God the way they do and feel comfortable and not ashamed or abashed. And that to me is very scary because then it's starting to show the hardness that is coming on a people. A hardness that is coming on a generation. And it's, it's getting harder and harder for God to deal individually with a man. As time goes on, as time will go on, meetings that we have had over the last months, if you preach them even five or six years ago, there would be a tremendous move within the assembly. And you barely get someone to acknowledge that God is speaking to me. I'm, I'm making a point. And I don't think I'm really stretching it too much. And, and saints of God, I, this is what's dangerous. We can get down to being a church. Just a church, just a preacher, just some singing. And we've heard the prophet say that before. Brother Tom preached that before. It gets dangerous. It gets very dangerous. We get casual. Just as, as, as society is becoming a casual society. And we've spoken on it. I used to walk into banks and they had three-piece suits. Accounting firms, three-piece suits. Any professional firm, tie and shirt. Now, it's shirts hung out. They look any which way. You think they're the janitor. And they can be the VP of a company. And that's how they, that's how they see things. That's how they live. God help us not to bring it into the house of God. I came at the rehearsal the other night and I had a shirt, a shirt on. I had a sports jacket on, of course. I didn't wear a tie and, and one of the young fellows said, Tom, brother Tom, you should preach like that on Sunday. I said, no, I don't think I'd ever do that. I said, if I went that far, I'd probably be in Bermuda shorts and an open shirt. And I said, then just call us the community church. We cannot, saints of God, allow ourselves to let Satan come in to deaden our expectation of the moving of God from service to service. I cannot believe that Jesus, when he walked in, whether it be Jericho, whether it be Capernaum, wherever he walked into a service, I cannot believe that the people that were the seed of God weren't expecting something very special. Very special. And so, Lord, help us not to lose that. We're living at such a time, Brother Bram says, lifting him out of history. We're standing tonight upon the brim and watching come to pass the unfolding of two great scenes. And those two great scenes are these. One of them is the ending of history. 
We're seeing the unfolding of two things. The ending of history. And the other is the ending of time. You're standing on the brim of it. Whenever you have a shock, as we just heard tonight coming to church, of a, a, a gentleman that, of course, I don't know, but touches my family, and a woman or somebody be, can take it off the scene, it doesn't mean that it, it can't be within our own ranks. It would change the attitude of your whole family. It, I, saints, I've been there, we know it. It changes your whole outlook. Tomorrow doesn't mean nothing. You're living for the present time. And you find out the things that are most important to you are those that you love. So now we're coming to an important time in this junction of life on the brim now of seeing the ending of history and the ending of time. And many great men down through the ages have longed to see this hour. Now, we don't have a prophet on the scene right now that's telling you the blackouts are a sign of judgment. But I think we know enough in the scripture where our brother Marco is, is now down in paradise. And what a paradox. Paradise, paradise is burned. America with their fires. America with their floods. And if we get into it, just don't think too much of America. Just remember, I don't care who you are or what you think. With Trump and president, America will never be great again. And I know that you say, are you a Democrat then, Brother Tom? No, I'm a Christian. The prophets already cursed America. He said, it's Ichabod. We live in for another country. Don't look for this world to get any better. It's going to get worse. You are seeing the slide of humanity and even the thinking of people around you sliding. Where you never think of things before, you're thinking of these things. It's Satan attacking your mind. And that's the greatest battle ever fought. But it's the goodness of God that causes a man to repent. Lord, I don't want to think those thoughts. It is God's goodness. That you could love that brother beside you. Love that sister in front of you. Love this message. He said many men, great men throughout the ages, long to see the hour we're approaching. And we're living in the glorious setting of mortal sun. And the breaking of eternal light. You need to keep that in front of you. These people that start slipping and sliding. That slippery slope to hell and its abyss. That's why the prophet said the hounds of hell are after you. And a person can get so deceived by lifting up their thoughts above the word of God. And they think they're right. 
It's getting scary times. But not for the bride. Not for the bride. This is the most assuring times we've ever had. Because it's been prophesied and now we're seeing the prophecy being fulfilled. Great men have longed to see this hour. We're now approaching. It's the breaking of the eternal light. I do feel that we are living in one of the grandest ages that ever man have been permitted to live. Because it's the closing of time and the blending of eternity. Some folks are building. I used to say, you know, when I first got saved, the, the song goes, some folks are building hopes down here and planning ahead. Yeah. But, you know, when I was saved, I didn't know nothing. I just said, some folks are building homes down here and planning ahead. <laughs> what are they planning for? Then I find a quote, and Brother Bram said, well, the birds have their nests and the foxes have their holes. Nothing has changed throughout thousands of years. But man has a home, and then they build a bigger home or a better home. He says, that's just showing you there's a future home. So our hope isn't in this realm. Our hope is in that other realm that we heard about this morning. But now we're at the closing of time and the blending of eternity. History only tells us what we have read and what has been. And what's in the future now lays in the hands of God. Are you still with me? And we find out today there's not too much history being written. Because I don't think it'll ever be used. Both these great events are running into shallow waters. For instance, we're running out the national crisis. And the national security is running into shallow waters. Sounds like that seventh vision is coming on. Where are we? Individually, where are we? Oh, thou that despises the riches of his goodness and forbearance and his love suffering, long suffering, not knowing that it's the goodness of God that leadeth to repentance. I'd like you to turn to a scripture that I'd like to preach on now. Second Samuel. Chapter 12. Most of us know or have read this account of Bathsheba and David. Most of us, I'm sure, know most of the story. But I'd like to make some highlights and some points regarding this. Second Samuel chapter 12. <clears throat> the Bible says this, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. Now, you have to remember 
David had had 500 wives. We have to remember that because let, let's just get the, the prehistory of this. David had 500 wives and they were in war. And he went out on his balcony and he saw Bathsheba having, Brother Brown said, a shower. And he desired her. And so as it is and as it was, as the Bible tells us, David had uh, a relationship with Bathsheba. And of course, he was in a lot of hot water because now they find out she's pregnant. And because of this, he needs to devise a scheme so it doesn't look as bad as it is. And he puts Uriah, her husband, who is a proselyte, who has come into the faith, that is a wonderful man of God, puts him on the forefront of a great battle, and then tells his generals to back up so that he would be murdered. God sees everything. God sees everything. I don't care what your situation is tonight, how you're thinking tonight. God knows where you're at. And so now here's David. And now he's devised the plan. Uriah is now dead. And he thinks it's just all hunky-dory. It's just fine. But as far as God is concerned, it's not fine. Sin is sin. Are you listening to me? I want you to listen to me real well. Sin is sin. God hates sin. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe on him shall pass from what? Death unto life. Because it was a blood sin in the garden and God made a provision and Calvary, the blood was the, that was the chemical or can you say it was the blood that washes away your sin. You can't hide sin. Is everybody listening to me? You cannot hide sin. You can't hide sin. The way you are in the private parts of your life, that's what you are. The way you act when you're in your private room, that's what you are. How you think privately, that's what you are. You say, well, I put on a show, I sit in the pew and I clap my hand and sometimes I don't even look at the preacher because I'm so convicted. God knows everything. God just absolutely knows everything. God knows where you're, you are in your walk with God. God knows if you're cold. God knows if you're hot. God knows whether you're lukewarm. God knows everything. All we want with God is a walk with God as we preached last week. You aren't going to get by with it. You're not going to get away from it. The only way you can get rid of it is by the blood washing away. Here's David in a situation. Thinking that he could get away with it. He's king. God doesn't care you're king, queen, servant. 
Shepherd, he doesn't care. Sin is sin. What can wash away my sin? What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the what? And can you rejoice in that blood tonight? If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ and its cleansing power, you would have no victory tonight. There would be no song in your heart. There would be no peace in your soul. There would be nothing outside of that blood. And so God, rich in mercy, has a way of letting us know where we're at. God lets us know exactly where we're at. Here's David, done his deed, worked his work, schemed his schemes, plotted his plots, devised his plans, and in all that, God knew everything. Can't hide nothing from God. And so thus, David going on his way, the Bible says, and the Lord sent Nathan. (laughs) And the Lord sent Nathan. Can I say, and the Lord sent Malachi 4. Because I don't want you just to think about David. I want you to think about Laodicea, who's naked, miserable, wretched, poor, blind, and don't know it. You didn't know it. So God sent a prophet. You can't take that prophet's message away. And that's why Satan has tried to muddy it, dirty it, ridicule it. It's because they have no revelation of it. So God sent Nathan or God sent Malachi for. Because he knows your attitude and he needs you know and he knows you need an attitude change. That's why there's 11 and some hundred messages. No generation has been left this amount of word. Period. I don't care who you say. John Wesley, 250,000 miles on horseback in England. That's what England got. It's all they got. And of course he was a writer and he, and he, and he published publicized his, his messages, made books on them, and that, that's what the people got. But God in this generation had a messenger come and have it recorded because your Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, so shall it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. Wicked time. We've got that. But in the days of the voice. Now tell me if he was not here, where would the voice be? But the voice is still speaking. It's on the messages. It's on the hub. It's on your phones. It's on your computer. Can I say it's also in your heart? It still speaks. And that voice will not let sin go. He will put his finger on it and say, put that under the blood. Can you say amen? Amen. 
We want a clean church. We have great needs within this body. And we got to fight the devil tooth and nail. But we don't want unbelief coming in here. Stopping a healing. We want God to move. God to heal. God to deliver. Don't you dare think you can get by with it. If God saw David and sent a prophet to David and actually gives him a story, a parable, and if it was under David's judgment, he himself would be dead. True. And if we were judged under God's judgment, we would be dead. But it was God rich in mercy. God rich in mercy saved you. God rich in mercy came to your address. And I want to title it, Thou Art the Man. Don't look at the person next to you. Don't look at that person beside you. You look at you within your own self. That this prophet came to you and said, Thou Art the Man. Lord, what is it? What is it, Lord, that I need to get out of my life? I don't want any trouble at the judgment bar. I don't want to leave anybody here troubled in their own natural man. Because I got an arrogant spirit. God help me. That we can be true, honest, pure, upright, upstanding. Amen. Because I'll tell you what, where you're going out those doors in a a matter of an hour, they're going to want to harden you, corrupt you, pollute you, kill you, and abuse you. In here, God is trying to raise you, build you, edify you, wash you. That's what he wants to do to the bride. How is he going to do it? By his word. God sent a prophet. He didn't send Tom Ray. He didn't send these brothers. He sent Elijah. So that you and I could be ready. Listen, I'll tell you what. These brothers are putting in seven and eight and nine years in university. To get themselves a good job. And may I trust that they got the best job ever. But as the pastor said years ago, make as much as you can, give as much as you can. But I'll tell you one thing, education's a devil. You either, you either use it for you, or it will use you for it. That education spirit, I hate it. Been there, done, done it. Get the arrogance of it. Used to come, hey, Ken and I, first year university, come back to Cloverdale. You have to remember, Cloverdale was a hole. You think it's a hole now? You think what it was way back when, when we were in the dark ages, when we were 18. It was a hole of holes, but man, we had first year university under our belts. Hey, and you know what? I'm not even like that. But you get an air, and then you get your second year, and your third, and then you really think you're something. You get a degree, and nobody can tell you nothing. Yeah. 
Where'd that come from? Didn't come from the Bible. Didn't come from Jesus. I've, I've sat down with more philosophy professors and doctors. I talked to this doctor. His name was Dr. Walk. Can you believe it? So the first thing I said to him, because he'd heard about that I was a preacher or something, he wanted to talk to me. I met him in a restaurant in North Vancouver. We sat down and he wanted to know all about what I believe. I said, well, I want to know what you believe. I said, your name is Walk. I said, do you walk your talk? I do. You can say you do. I walk my talk. I talk about Jesus. He's the king of kings to me. The Lord supreme. The great I am throughout eternity. What are you, what are you walking? And he goes, well, I know a few things. I said, we all know a few things. But if you don't know Jesus, you know nothing. So a lot of people get lifted up in their elevator of their thoughts and saints of God. All it is, is nothing. Nothing. God is everything. But David found out that God knew his situation and had a prophet and said, you're the man. You're the man that needs it to make right. You're the man that needs to repent. You're the man that I'm dealing with right now. And now we can take a look at our own selves this evening as I'm not going to be much longer because I want to leave this with you. But then if a prophet came to David, who was a king of Israel and concerned about his life, surely then the Holy Spirit can come down in a church service and he can come to your address and he can say, you are the man. You're the man. What's more important? What you've been working on all your life for the gospel. I say further this gospel. I'll tell you one thing. And I don't know why the brothers. I just know the reason why the brothers. But I don't know why the brothers keep on hammering these computer games. I I don't know. But I do know. Because Brother Bram said, I'll preach against... Bob Hare and preach against Bob Hare and I come back the next year and there's more Bob Hare. It's true. So you can preach on something and you know it's wrong, but you still go buy it and you get hooked on it and it's demons. Demons. You're not wrestling against it now a little computer game. I'm sorry, folks. Demons attach themselves. To those games. The music. Alone. You should be stomping it. But if you don't have the Holy Ghost. And there's the question. Thou art the man. How about you? I'm not questioning your experience. I'm just saying if you can't live in that world. And this world at the same time. David, after he was wrong, Brother Bram said in taking Uriah, the Hittite's wife, the lovely Bathsheba, and was going to be father of her child, caused her gallant husband to be killed in battle. 
the prophet Nathan came in, revealed his sins to him. David thought on his way, he turned himself to repentance. It's the goodness of God that causes a man to repent. God sent his word so we could repent. That's God's goodness. You wouldn't even know what to repent of unless this prophet came. I'm sorry, folks. You didn't have a clue what to repent of. Listen, I was going to write down just some, but I'll say this probably for the third or fourth. I, I, I hear, I hear some girls here will wear pants. Okay, that's fine. Because you're a sinner. That's why. You're not saved. That's right. But let me remind you what the Bible says. It's an abomination. If you want to do a word study, just find out what God thinks of abomination. And I'll tell you what, you would rip those things off if you had any God part in you. Just the word abomination. And we think nothing of it because of Brother John or Michael, somebody said about the frog in the hot water. You're just getting boiled. You see it every day and you don't think anything of it. I remember when girls didn't even wear pants. And you say, whoa, brother Tom, we didn't know that you grew up back in the 1900s. No, it wasn't even in the 30s. Wasn't in the 40s, wasn't in the 50s. Was in the 60s, the, sis, the ladies, girls, I think it was, Ken, they had their sit-in. It was our first sit-in. We, we were big rebels. The whole, all the kids in, in the school sat outside, defied the teachers, and were not going in because the girls need to wear pants. Right at that time, that prophet was screaming out against it. But now for them to hear, people to hear me preach what I'm saying now, they think I'm cuckoo. Crazy. But that's alright. I'm fine this way. I'm happy this way. Because I know that's the thought of God on the matter. That's the thought of God on the matter. So now, we wouldn't know what sin was. Unless a prophet would tell us what it is. So David, he had that gallant husband killed in battle. Nathan come in, revealed his sin to him. David thought on his way and turned himself to repentance in sackcloth and ashes. My, that's a good form of repentance. Lord, forgive me. Sackcloth and ashes. He says, that's the way to turn. God heard him. God will always hear a man or a woman that will turn their feet to have a testimony. How many want a testimony tonight? How many want God to speak to you very deeply? Say some things I need to get out of my life and tonight is the night. I am that man. I'm not looking at anybody else. I need God. Thou art the man. I'm just wondering tonight, Brother Branham said, is there another David? 
This is your prophet speaking. This is the Holy Ghost speaking through now. The channel of a prophet. I wonder if there's another David here tonight that said, I'm that man. I'm that man, Lord. I'm that man. I wonder whether you're sitting here as guilty as David was. When you turn your light out at night and you see the brother's face, the man that you defiled his loving wife or broke up his home, flickering on the side of your wall or some woman, see the woman's home that she broke up running off with her husband. It ought to bring you to a repentance in sackcloth and confession. What the church needs tonight is a confession. Making right to come back to the testimonies of the Lord God. There's mercy. There's mercy. What the church needs tonight is forgiveness. See? See, what will happen, it will haunt you. It will keep going on. And you're walking in an hour by hour, haunted by the face of death. So now his spirit is haunting you. And it's trailing you. Brother Bram said this. He said, now listen. He said, it's haunting you. And you're walking hour by hour in the face of death. Why do you continue? That's the question. Why do you continue? You continue in your selfishness, in your greed, in your ungodliness, with your eyes on the things of the world. It's time to turn back to God's blessed testimonies. Why don't you sink on your way and turn your feet To have a testimony for the Lord Jesus. Why don't you tell that devil. Get off of my property. Why isn't that daddy getting earnest and standing and saying. I deny you Satan. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers in high places. It's a demon that's trying to take your children. You find it. You find it. You find it. You've been given the power to bind and the power to loose. Hallelujah. We need to do some binding tonight. Are you with me? Is the church with me? We need to bind the devil tonight. You're not going to get this at the Catholic Church. I'm sorry, folks. Not at the Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Crossroads. But there's going to be a people. I'm going to say there's not going to be a people. There is a people. 
that is the victory of Christ. And we are that people. Hallelujah. So now I want you to get out of your comfort zone and jump out of the boat. Jump out of the boat. Jump out of your boat. Walk on water, Peter. You say, well, I've got no water here. Why don't you jump out of your boat and say, Satan, you're not having her. You're not having him. I've had enough of that lying demon that I've raised my children for 30 some years and allow some devil to try and disrupt my home. Greater is that God in me. Is that just a scripture or is that a reality? Greater is that God that dwells in me than those unbelieving spirits that come into your home weekend after weekend. Come on. Told you I just got a little preach this tonight. So if you don't mind, it's Sunday night. I thought I could preach a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. I'm, I said I'd be 45 minutes. I'm 40 minutes. I got five more minutes. But listen, right now, I know we're on the devil's trail. I know we're hot on his trail. He's been hot on your trail. He's been in your home. He's been defiling it. And now it's time, saints of God, for you to claim your own property. A prophet said, take your hands off of God's property. Well, now you got some properties. You have some children. And listen, saints, I don't believe in the little mind games. Lord, I commit it to you. Lord, I commit it to you. Lord, I commit it to you. I, I, I believe in speaking it. Why cry? Speak! Why cry? Speak! Listen, he said Samson was anointed. He was born to destroy the Philistines. Brother Bram said he did not need a prayer meeting. He was anointed. You are anointed. Amen. And it's now time, church, to rise to our occasion. She is him. What he is, she is. Oh, you say, those are nice quotes. Now we're putting into action. Say, Brother Tom, you're getting way carried away. I happen to believe what I'm preaching. I just happen to believe what I'm preaching, Michael. I have prayed for your father. I believe for his deliverance. Amen. I can see it deliverance. I know in his deliverance. Like I said the other other week with Brother Todd, he had just a friend that he just called. He said, would you please call him? He's got leukemia. Please pray for him. I don't know him. But if God can heal a man, you don't know. Can't he heal people that you love? I say amen. He can save people that you love. He can deliver people that you love. Hallelujah. When they go to war, saints of God, they don't do it with their mouth shut. I'm sorry. They don't do it with their mouth shut. When they jump over their trenches, they're yelling. They're screaming. Why? They want to put the fear in the devil. 
And that's what I want to do tonight. But the fear of the devil. Hallelujah. We always take it. Thou art the man and you took it in a negative way. I want to say thou art the man and you take it in a positive way. You're the man God chose. You're the man God anointed. Hallelujah. So I never committed sin. That's exactly right. Thou art the man where a prophet said you haven't even committed it in the first place. Thou art the bride. Thou art the man. Hallelujah. Brother Michael, that's a demon called cancer. And I love your mother and father's attitude. I said, how are you doing, Sister Elizabeth? She said, we're doing great. Huh? There is radiation after radiation after radiation. Brother Peter, after radiation. How are you doing? Great. I say, amen. We have it in the house of God. We believe in the house of God. Can I, can I hear an Amen. I'd actually like to move all the balcony right down here and talk to you as a family right now. Just talk to you as a family. We need to roll up our sleeves. We've got devils worth fighting. We need to have our own personal prayer life. We need to get in our own closets. We need to remember these ones that are in our midst and say, Satan, thus far, no further. No, but we're caught up in their job or caught up in making more money or caught up in doing this. We got to get caught up in him and get carried away. This is the end of time. This is the end of history. Let's live like it. Act like it. And believe like it. Still love me? All right, I got a few that still love me. All right. We've got the devil on the run. And I'm not going to stop now. I defy any unclean speaking demons that sit in this sanctuary right now. I defy them. I rebuke them. Any unclean spirit, any spirit of sickness, cancer. You put your own name there. You put your own name there. And you can say the angel of the Lord came by my way and said, thou art the man. Remember, Jesus, the son of man, went in Jericho, went out Jericho. We preached on it already, already, right? But he went in Jericho and went out Jericho. And who did he get? Blind Bartimaeus. One person. One person. He came in and went out. Next time he came to Jericho, who did he get? Zacchaeus. Came into Jericho and went out of Jericho. I love that. I love that. I wonder who he's getting tonight. I don't care if it's one. 
It could be a 10 year old, 12 year old, 14 year old, 15, 20, 60. I don't care. God, come into Cloverdale Bible way. Come amongst us, Lord. I'd be wonderful if I see a daddy jump to his feet and say, that's nothing but the truth, preacher. I'm claiming my children. I'm claiming my son. I claim my daughter. Hallelujah. Amen. That we can stand there, beat the devil down by the word of God. By the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord. Abigail, this is your time to awaken to what God has for you. The Bible says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We got young people that need to get baptized. But not just in water, but with the Holy Ghost and power. It's not a time to sit way in the back. It's time to sit way in the front. Pull on the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll, brother Nathan. If I, one can send a thousand, come right here. We're going to take 10,000 on tonight. We're going to take 10,000 on tonight. Why doesn't your brother stand up? That's a hundred thousand. How about a million? Come on, stand up with me. Right here, right now. A million. A million. What can God do tonight? God can deliver. God can save. Hallelujah, man. This is the kind of atmosphere. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise our God. This is not emotion, saints. This is desperation. We need desperation, the prophet said. Desperate to see God move, Ben. Desperate to see the Holy Ghost affectionated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Let this heaven come down amongst us. Holy, 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 holy. Hallelujah. Well, praise God, I never stand. Well, maybe tonight you need to stand. Bless God, I don't do that. It's time to kneel then. Time to do something. As we said on Zacchaeus, do something unusual. Go climb a tree. Run to the front. Do whatever you want to do. We are that bride. You are that bride. You are that man. You are that elected lady. Hallelujah. Oh, may it never be the same again in your your own experience. Whether it be in your home. Whether it be in your individual life. 
that the Holy Spirit will do some great operation within your heart that it will never ever be the same again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clean us out, Lord. It's the goodness of God that causes a man to repent. Lord, I repent. Jesus, whatever I need to clean up out of my life, that I can see the move of God within this church. How great thou art. How holy thou art. How worthy, how holy, how gracious, how lovely. He's the lovely one, and he's coming in plain view. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Let the breeze of the Holy Spirit breathe on you tonight. Breathe on me tonight. Take God at his promise tonight. Binding the enemy, loosing the believer. Hallelujah. The word of God says it constrains us. We become a prisoner to it. This is what we love, saints of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Musicians, you can come. He's doing a miracle in our midst, saints. Why? How can you say that, Brother Tom? Your prophet said every time he comes, something good happens. And I believe something good is happening right now. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Break those chains that have held me down. He breaks every chain as Brother Ryan. You can play Brother Ryan. He breaks every chain. He looses the prisoner the Bible says. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve tonight, saints. Jesus, can you imagine? He knows every one of your need right now. Right now. He knows that you need a touch in your body. He knows a situation in your home. You say it's impossible, but my God deals in the impossible. Can you believe tonight for the impossible? I claim my home, Brother Darren. I claim it with you. I believed with you. Hallelujah. Why not? Why not look around the room? We see the ones that have a need of God. You are the man. I'm the man. Lord, forgive me. Father, let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse me from all my sin. So I can see a Holy Ghost move of God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Michael, you can forget the sound system as far as I'm concerned. You can forget about the videos, brothers. If you want to worship God wherever you are, I don't care if you're in the fellowship room. I don't care if you're in the nursery. When Jesus comes by, we want to do like blind Bartimaeus. We want to throw our jacket down. I want to do whatever it takes to have Jesus come by my way. Spirit, Jesus, glory, glory, just take some moments, just take some moments, saints. There's power in the name.
bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. We're thankful for your presence. We're thankful for the promises of God for their gain. Amen. To them that believe. Father, that our testimony will be we'll never be the same again. We'll never be the same again. It is the goodness of God causes us to turn around from where we're going. Set our face like flint, Lord. Looking up, knowing our redemption, Lord. We claim our families. We claim our loved ones, Lord. We've drawn a line in the sand. And we can say as a songwriter penned down, it's already done. We'll not leave our little ones behind. We'll not leave a hoof behind. We bless your holy name. We bless your name, Lord. I'm going to set my wings in the winds of fate. There are two roads. There are two
Just bask in his presence. Just bask in his presence. Thank the Lord Jesus for coming by. Anointing your heart to believe for the impossible. God comes to your address. Not just to tell you you are the man and you've done this and you've done that wrong. He's trying to tell you you are the bride. You are the one that are free. and You're the blood washed and you're the purchase of God. and You're going to heaven and you're going under rapture. You're that man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be blessed his wonderful name. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Isn't there just something wonderful and beautiful about that name? Jesus. Jesus. Something beautiful, something special. Why don't we just sing that and get ready to close? Jesus, there's something. There's something about that name. Jesus. Oh, Jesus.
rightfully his he had this stand brother Bram said he stood with an ox goat in his hand not trained but he stood with the word he knew that he was a seed of Abraham and he knew he was under the covenant saints of God you're standing under a great promise of God don't let the enemy anymore run roughshod over your lives let the angel of the Lord that is present that's here right now continue to be with you in your own personal life, your home, and on the job. May the presence of God just draw closer and closer as the days go on. God bless you for your faithfulness on this wintry February Sunday evening. I trust it was worth coming to the house of God to worship the King of Glory who deserves all the praise Brother Sam and I'm not sorry I might slip and I get a little cold going home but I'll be never sorry drinking in the presence of the great I am and we're thankful for his faithfulness tonight may God's grace be with you Brother Tim we'll be praying for you daily it's a long time I know what it's like I know those lonely hours. We'll be praying for you, for your safe return, success in the meetings. And please greet the brothers for us. Do you feel strengthened in the Lord? We're more than able. We're more than able, Brother Gilbert. We're more than able to take this land. God bless you and honor your faith in all that you asked for. Will you do one favor for me? Just one favor for me. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for what you asked. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you heard my prayer. Thankful that you came by my little pew. Thankful that you could speak to my heart. When the world's trying to make it so hard and stony, but the presence of God just makes it soft and moldable. Thank you for speaking, Lord. Thankful for a wonderful day in your presence. Thankful for brothers and sisters of like precious faith that would lay their lives down for you. Pray God that he will be your portion in a special way this week. Let's pray. Father, Father, this is like heaven to me. This is like heaven to me. To worship with people I love, Lord. To worship with people I'll spend eternity with, Lord. What a great privilege and honor it is on this little night. 
Father, if we've sinned in any way, in any way, Lord, would the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse us, Lord? Cover me. Cover me, Lord. Extend the border of your garment. Cover me. Lord, that I wouldn't hinder anyone's faith or healing, Lord. Jesus, take away all pride. Take away all, take away all Tom, Lord. Just give me Jesus. Just give me your life and your nature, Lord. Bless your children as they will go. Treacherous roads, Lord. Dispatch your angels. Dispatch in the unseen realm, Lord, that we cannot see. Keep each one safe from all harm. Father, would you meet every blessed need, every burden that was spoken. As it ascended, Lord, in that great order of God. May you meet each one, I pray. Bless your people now as we go our way. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, you're the Smith. Jesus, oh Jesus.